Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ultra 64. It's the pod- comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Oh, sorry, Steve. I'm just in a little bit of a rush. Because we played San Francisco Rush, Rush 2, and Rush 2049, starring Ryan Gosling. <laughs> everyone and welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected I game. I already explained all this in the intro, Steve. Were well, you paying no, attention? I, I, I'm not slowing it down for people. If they want to go back and re-edit the podcast, <laughs> they can go for it. Yeah, import it into Audacity, mm-hmm. um, auto-tune it, and uh, slow it down. Yes, yes. It's good. like, have you... Um, you can hear the chipmunk, like if you download the uh, chipmunk song as MP3 <laughs> and you just slow it down. It's just three <laughs> dudes singing really... at a very boring, monotone voice. <laughs> no, it's just some weird guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, my name is Steve Gutling. Oh, hello. I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh, today is a momentous day once again because we are done talking about racing games. We Man. played the last three in the catalog. Those three, for the record, are San Francisco Rush Extreme Racing. Rush 2 Extreme Racing USA Extreme San racing. Francisco Rush 2049 Extreme Racinger uh, so, can we, if, can if, you we had a, if you had a guess yeah, how many racing good. games do you think we've played I'm glad that we're talking about this okay, because okay. M- I was just going to ask you, isn't it outrageous how many racing games that we've played? We played my, so many. My guess is we played 33 racing games. We played 57. Jeez. 57 wow. racing. Wow. Now, granted, I included like the two snowboard kids games in there. They those are, are essentially those are, racing. They games. are cart yeah, racing. They are cart racing. They are, games. you yeah. know? So, like, yeah, that those are just straight up all the games that have racing in them. 57. That is so many. That is, that is a sixth of the catalog. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine like the the, the saturation. Uh, like, can you think of any other genre saturation that's been like so heavy on one single console? Well, maybe like sports on PS2. Maybe sports on PS2. Maybe the, like beat 'em ups on Super NES or something. Yeah, but, like, I could see that. Just, but like, for how specialized, like, I don't know, like, if, or like a platformer on NES. But like yeah. to me, like a platformer is like a default genre. Oh, like yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah. a video game. Oh, it's a platformer. Like, that's what a video game is. It's like a Mario Brothers thing. Whereas, yeah. like, a racing game is a niche genre. <laughs> You're like, I, and, you know, there's certainly been differences in the racing games that we've played. As oh, you yeah, mentioned, we played bit. Snowboard Kids, which is very much its own weird thing. Mm-hmm. And we played the NASCAR games, also very much their own weird, boring thing. Um, but there, a lot of these racing games feel very much the same. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, at least some of the games we've played today fall into that giant sort of gloop. I, of- I guarantee, you know, we're going to be doing kind of a big recap when we finish up the catalog in a couple of weeks here where we're looking back on all the games we played. And I guarantee there's going to be a lot where we can't just, we cannot remember a single frame of yeah. it. Like, could you tell me what GT64 looks like? I, 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 I sure couldn't. played it a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm blanking. I see a lot of gray in my mind. Yeah, somehow but- the only one that I can remember is MRG. 
Yeah, he's, and that's not even right because it's MRC. So, <laughs> yeah, see, so you can't even remember that. Even remember that. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I do remember MRC just because of the stupid like <laughs> anagram jokes we made off of those yeah. for a million years. Uh, but these three, I think, are good ones to end on because they're kind of fast and loose uh, arcade games that apparently, according to Twitter, a lot of people are very excited to yeah. hear us talk about. Well, one of these games was very neat. One of these games is very neat. The other two are kind of neat. This is, I'm going to go is, with that. This is an exercise of one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and two of them are just pieces of celery, and one of them is a chocolate bar with mega warheads mixed in. <laughs> Which, I do not want to eat that. <laughs> well, you and I, you, I am a more adventurous a candy Wait eater a than you. Okay, uh, so is there anything else in this candy bar but these warheads? Is it like no, a it's caramel a, base? Yeah, it's Just, like it's like, it's like a Twix. Joy. No, it's like a Twix. It's like a Twix, but and they, they've cut it and they've jammed Mega Warheads inside of this Twix. Oh, I can't think of a single way that would be pleasurable <laughs> to your mouth. It's like you you bite it. It's like okay, I'm getting some chocolatey. Oh, okay, I'm I'm crunching on a hard candy. Yeah. Oh, I'm really enjoying. No, Mega the Warheads nice... are like soft and chewy. They're just very very sour. Oh, you're thinking of Airheads? No, I'm thinking of Mega Warheads. Maybe they're the super sour ones, but those are yeah. crunchy. Those are hard candies. Listeners, write in and tell us whether or not Mega Warheads. Listen, I do not have a lining in my cheek anymore because when yeah. I was in third grade, I would eat those on it's the like bus. It's like sour Skittles. Every time I see a sour Skittles, I'm like, man, those are good, but my tongue is not going to forgive me. I did that. I did that a little while ago. I bought a pack of sour Skittles, first pack I've had in like 10 years, and I'm like, oh, turns out I'm 37 now. These, <laughs> turns out these, I, I These have I delicious flavor. differently now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so we played uh We played games. Dark Sky, the sour Skittles. Skittles video game. Sure. We uh, played Mega Warhead, the War Games adaptation. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. that actually would be a pretty good slogan for a bag of Mega Warheads. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Yeah, the, the only way to enjoy these is not to have one. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about our first game today: San Francisco Rush: Colon Extreme Racing. Ooh. That is for Colon Extreme. Yeah, yeah your, your extreme colon. <laughs> this was released November eighth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, developed and published by Midway Games, and it also appeared on yes. PlayStation, Windows, GameCube, PS2, Xbox, and in arcades. So, no shortage of ways to play San Francisco Rush. Um, that's going to be... Uh, I, I, there's, a, there's a joke here. I haven't fully thought it through, but that's, well, uh, that's the name of like a... Well, let's workshop it. Okay, that's like gonna, your drive-in yeah. uh, drive shop of like... San Francisco something extreme proctology, <laughs> like colon no colon extreme proctology. You need the colon in there. Uh, I, I I San Francisco. I don't know. I could. There's think, nothing more I can add to this. Sure. I think, I think it's. I, okay. The point is, I didn't really think it through. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the other momentous thing we get to talk about today is that this is the final game we're going to talk about. From Midway wow. Games. Midway has been a big, big part of the Nintendo 64 so, library. Yeah, like Midway and Acclaim. Good, good just ask. like 90% of the catalog, one of those two companies. I will, I'll quiz you again. How many Midway games do you think we've played? I bet we played more Midway games than racing games. So I would bet we played 65 Midway games. No, see, you, you had them kind of switch. We oh. played 37 Midway games. Okay. I'm going to see how many I can say quickly. BioFreaks, Body Harvest, Cruisin' USA, Cruisin' Exotica. They did not handle the world. Uh, <laughs> California Speed, Chopper Attack, Doom 64, Gauntlet Legends, he uh, Gex 64, Hydro Thunder, Mace, The Dark Age, Micro Machines, Midway's Arcade is Greatest Arcade Hits, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal Kombat Mythologies, Mortal Kombat 4, NBA Hangtime, NBA Showtime, all four NFL Blitz games, Off-Road Challenge, Paperboy, Quake, the two Rampage games, the two Ready to Rumble games, Stunt Racer 64, Twisted Edge Snowboarding, War Gods, the three Wayne Gretzky hockey games, Wipeout 64, and World Drive. Driver Championship. 
in addition to these three games today. All right. That's um, a lot of Midway. And they're gone now, so they're not yeah. going to be coming with us to the Wii U. And, uh, you know, I will say, like, based on those games that you listed very quickly, mm-hmm. they had a pretty decent batting average. This isn't like, bad. When I you would compare say, it to Titus, where their oh, best game was, like, Roadsters. When you compare it to Acclaim, even, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like, like, like Acclaim has a similar output, and they, they there were uh, no, the Midway like, ones are much stronger. Yeah, there were, so I mean, like, Paperboy was pretty bad, but, like, there was nothing there that yeah. was just... Horrendous, horrendous. We and, no, I think we hated Chopper Attack. Oh yeah, Chopper Attack You're was right. pretty shitty. But everything else on here is like even Bio Freaks. I would play Bio Freaks. Yeah, again. me too. I kind of miss Bio Freaks. <laughs> I feel like we front loaded a lot of our fighting games, and now I'm like, oh, we saw for the yeah. days of like the weird, like edgy fighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what well, was, like what was Dark Rift like again? Yeah, <laughs> I, again, I yeah. still cannot name a single <laughs> no, character from Dark Rift or War Gods. <laughs> sure. Even though I assume all the War Gods are named after War Gods, so Ares is probably in there, I'm going to guess. <laughs> that's my <laughs> they, they couldn't, guess. They couldn't get the right to Ares. Yeah, they he's, could. He's what he's a he's a uh DC character now. Yeah, that's right. Uh so the Rush he's series. He's a Marvel character also actually. He's both. So, he's, yeah. yeah, he's both, that's true. <laughs> Uh, the Rush series, there were actually uh, four games in the Rush series. Okay. Between, uh, there were these three, and then there was a game called L.A. Rush, which was released on consoles in 2005. Pretty much completely overlooked. Uh, there have been several attempts to kind of revitalize this series. I think people who they, they look back on the Rush series, I think people really like these, right. these games. Uh, there was an attempt by Midway. They were floating the idea of bundling uh, 2049 with Hydro Thunder and kind of re-releasing it on okay. the PS2. Which that didn't happen because I think they realized they could fit both of those games onto Midway Arcade Treasures, and sure. just, so they just did that. Um, yeah, but the game still has a lot of followers, but it's it's kind of a hard sell anymore because the gimmick here is just that you're in a real city, or that you're, you're, there's there's not really a gimmick any more yeah. than there is in the cruising games. Yeah, it's what I was trying to figure out. Again, we've played so many racing games that they really do blend together, but it's like, what is yeah, what is the hook here? Yeah, that. Um, I mean, 2049 has a very clear hook, and we will get there soon. Yeah. Um, but this does very much feel like they've kind of, like, cruising was a success. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're taking the bones of cruising, and we're polishing it up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we're fashioning a mate for it. And that's and that's kind of, I mean, this is from the same creator of cruising. This is uh, Ed Log, who created the cruising series and asteroids and gauntlet and the concept wow. of logs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very impressive. The, yeah, the, yeah. Every time you see a, watch a Yule log on TV, they have to pay Ed log <laughs> royalties. Yeah. yeah. If you're watching those three hour Netflix, every, at the a, beginning of every, uh, Star Trek original series that yeah. that's who he's citing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Captain's Ed log. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that guy's rolling in it. Yeah. So it's cause it's like, I feel like what this game feels like kind of the love child is, uh, Cruising USA mm-hmm. or any of those cruising games um, in terms of graphical style and kind of presentation and then gameplay a little more Beetle Adventure racing. because In I, terms of ex- uh, the the exploration. I feel like that's tracks. what this is yeah. trying to lead. Like the cruising games, which essentially cemented like Midway as like, okay, we're going to make racing games as a way to really gouge people with their money, mm-hmm. were very, very linear. They're just like this very thin track with sort of some minor jumps and some minor turns. But your car almost takes up like, you know, 60% of the track. Right. Um, Whereas here, it is really opened up. Like, yeah, your cars are much smaller and more nimble. Re- and and like, certainly relative to the track size. Yeah. Like, you're, there's not just rails on both ends. Like, you can drive through parking garages and parks and uh, over buildings and things yeah. like that. But it's not 
handled as well as it was in Beetle Adventure Racing. No, it, Beetle felt a little more organic. It felt like... Uh, it was well, much it, more obvious to see where those shortcuts kind of were, and you could you could see them coming and be like, oh, yeah, that's a place that I would explore. Right. Um, and the, just generally, that was just a nicer-looking game, which certainly sure. went a long way. Um, yeah, the first rush here, um, just called San Francisco Rush, yeah. feels... It feels like a very early N64 racing game, and that's because it is. It is. It precisely is. Uh, yeah, it came out, uh, what was it? That was July 97, so that's like not even a year into... Oh, I'm sorry, it's November 97, so it's a little over a year into the life cycle. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Cruisin' was out and a big hit, and this, I, I think this literally was just them trying to replicate that success because Cruisin' was a big hit on consoles and in arcades, mm-hmm. and San Francisco Rush was also a big arcade hit, and uh, you know, for I know for a lot of people, this kind of hit at just the right time i think my guess is that people will probably have the same experience i did which this was this was an arcade on the ferry that you used to get off from the island that you lived on sure we we all had that experience that's how i grew Um, up no it but it was an it was an arcade game that i remember seeing and there was there's just a moment in i think it's either i think it's in this game where you like go off the back of a semi like ramp and then you're like driving on top of a building. Yeah. And like that was played in like the demo mode of the game. And I'm like, this looks like the greatest game ever. Sure. I want to get on top of that building. Yeah. And then you kind of just played it and you're like, oh, it's this game actually doesn't control very well. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it, it wow, is okay. very hard to actually find these shortcuts. I'm in eighth place and I'm never getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's kind of one of those sort of games. Yeah, uh, yeah I, this was a game, like I, I don't think I ever actually played it in the arcade, but the moment we booted up the cartridge and I heard the music in the first track, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, this was definitely in my local arcade. I was, I'm sure I was playing Metal Slug the entire time. Sure, but like, good choice. It, yeah, I beat that on one quarter, that whole Holy game. Holy cow! I beat, the, I beat the first Metal Slug on one quarter. That's my only gaming accomplishment Yeah, take note, ever. people, another milestone. Steve proves that he doesn't totally suck I don't. Games, well, that, I didn't when I was 14 sure. anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, so at, at the very that, Those games, not easy. Not easy, so, not easy, yeah. but yeah, uh, really fun. But yeah, yeah, th- this was definitely in my local arcade, and I've heard I mean, that music a million times. This game, it just so much feels like California Speed, which mm-hmm. is a game I, I don't have a super strong memory of, aside from like, it. that game is fully designed to just be like, okay, our gimmick here is that we have a defined sense of place and yeah. sort of surf music to go along with it. Yeah. And here, they, they're like, okay, we have a... <laughs> Defined sense of place of there's a lot of the Golden Gate Bridge and a lot of these tracks. It does feel very urban that you're that you're driving through until like it's it immediately suddenly, it's still suddenly not. You go through a tunnel and you're like, oh, I'm just yeah out on the farm. I do think it's funny that they they took like so much of the game was inspired by San Francisco, the streets of San Francisco. It's like, OK, how are we going to make this work as a racing game? Well, we need to completely do away with all this San Francisco-ness and <laughs> repave everything because if you've ever been in a in a in the city, it's like all extremely narrow roads mm, and yeah. switchbacks and hills. You know, it's not really built for racing of this caliber. It's true. So everything most cities you see are not. Here, Steve. It's true. They, they usually, when they're doing the city planning, they're like, "Well, what if people want to drive dangerously through our streets? How That's will true. we how will we organize that?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, they should like you know collaborate on that. That's like, true. That's what Detroit. You, has you, that's why the city council you have you bring all the street gangs and be like, "All right, guys, if you're doing uh, if you're doing after late night uh, drag races, mm-hmm. how, what's the best way for us to design around you?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, I only know about this city 
city through RoboCop and late night TV bits. But yeah, that's what Detroit is right now. It's just a hellscape of uh, of uh, street racing and blood sport. And yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I will. And um, one thing that I do think that this game does do well of like a reason to set it in San Francisco. Is San Francisco is famous for having very steep hills. Very steep like hills. in just kind of its neighborhood. I feel like. There's, I don't know, maybe they just all kind of look the same, but there's one hill that you just kind of see all the time in your San Francisco set movies. Sure. Um, and the, the the result of that is there's a lot of parts here where you go up a hill and you catch some big air. That's kind of the whole thing yeah. with this series. This series is all about big, out-of-control jumps yeah. <laughs> where you're just going to go off into the ether. And it's it's always fun it is, even yes, when it's, it's frustrating fun. it is always fun getting thrown out into don't, nothingness even don't though let ne- anyone tell us that woody and steve do not enjoy fun we, we want to we yeah, yeah, come yeah, down like very fun we come like down fun. very pro fun on this podcast i collected 20 stamps this year yeah okay yeah. i am all about fun yeah check out my collection of pogs it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're back in pog form yeah uh yeah uh, so it, 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 you it's, know it's, it's always fun enjoyable. to go off a giant hill it's fun to just get your your cars float in this game they in a do. way that cars do not they just float, don't. from my experience because um, you you you're up in the air for just seconds um as you're you, I said seconds implying not very long but I mean like eight seconds right like, yeah 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 and um you you land in this car you these guys explode these cars are very explodable oh yeah they uh, must have like c4 roofs or something yeah. like the roof is just molded out of c4 <laughs> plastic like uh yeah they, they're they're very easy to blow up um but we discovered the the wacky mechanic that kind of breaks the game especially bit. in this first one is that anytime you press C up, you're going to recenter your car in the track. Now, that's not something we've never seen before. It's, like, it's I a think very useful mechanic. It's a good, you I might, think good racing games include this. Yeah, you might get know. stuck on the scenery. You might just sort of get totally out off in the water, anything like that. And it's very nice to be like, okay, I can recenter and not be frustrated. Yeah, you know, but but think about, uh, think about compare this to what happens if you go off the track in Mario Kart, mm-hmm. right? You It takes a second. You need to be fished out. And then if you're holding down the gas when you get dropped, then you're going to get another little speed penalty. Mm-hmm. So all in all, you're losing about five seconds on Right, you have here. to really you can be, come back. You have to be really off the track to want to justify resetting yourself. Exactly. Right. But like... In San Francisco Rush, you do not lose your momentum from resetting your track. And as an experiment, we tried just like kind of leapfrogging your car. Uh, and I mean, you weren't going to win that way, but, but you also were not pr- losing. Yeah, I was staying pretty close with the car in front of me, just hammering on top C, literally the car being set on the ground, leapfrogging in the air, being set on the ground significantly forward. Yeah, it's just... And that kind of became the 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 cheat too, because... Right. There are, especially in this first game, there are a lot of really brutal, sudden, hard turns that like you'll either go into the bay or you'll stay on the track. And even like staying on the track means you're overcompensating so much. You're probably going to. And so, yeah, as soon as you you realize that things are going to get out of control, you start going up on the hill or even before you like, oh, yeah, I know this turn is too hard. Yeah. You just press top C and the game will literally skip you you right past the turn. (laughs) And it was very frustrating because multiple times I felt like I was ahead of you in the two-player right. race yeah. you would crash and then the game would spawn you ahead of me yes yes like, what the hell is this uh, yeah 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 it was completely unfair and it kind of made the game a little more fun than like just straight up driving 
like uh you know the the cars controlled pretty loosely here i i was i was being flipped a lot i was yeah. falling off the track a lot it's pretty hard to stay mm, in they place. have like, like a difficulty meter of like your beginner car is going to be i imagine slightly slower and control yeah. better and then it goes like advanced extreme and i don't remember the i think extreme was the last yeah, yeah. expert advanced expert, expert extreme extreme because yeah he said something like you too extreme watch out yeah, yeah the yeah. announcer in here is kind of fun every time uh you finish a level he's like what's your name what's your name uh, oh yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty funny like yeah th- this feels very much like the 90s arcade scene like this game very clearly encapsulates the 90s arcade scene it's very goofy it's it's very it you can tell like the game is made intentionally hard to sap money from you yeah you know because it's pretty hard like we said it's pretty hard you're gonna start in sixth place and you're probably gonna stay in sixth place you the might entire get time. fourth if you're really jamming on it right yeah, if you're like, really riding that top c button yeah exactly <laughs> if you're really leapfrogging like a son of a bitch like i think third was the highest we ever got which was pretty impressive yeah like, because, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to stay behind for a lot of it. And so that might be kind of frustrating. That is usually very frustrating for me in games. Yep. Uh, but this time, I think it was goofy enough that, like, winning the race almost felt like uh, uh, a part. Like, it kind of yeah. felt like a side from, from the experience. But then you know? it does have, I mean, this game has that checkpoint mechanic, too, where you have to keep. It's just a bad combination of mechanics to be like. We're going to fill our game with sort of alternate routes and secrets um, to encourage you to explore, but also we're maintaining this arcade port checkpoint mechanic where if you don't go fast enough, you just lose the race and it ends. Right. It's like, dude, you got to do one or the other here, game. And I guess the thing that we need to talk about, too, is like with this game, we've mostly been talking about the single player experience so far. Yeah. Multiplayer falls apart pretty bad. I got to say, this is just a general takeaway that I've I've learned is like I always thought like racing games like multiplayer is a focal point. Yeah. The N64, there are not that many racing games that are fun with multiple people. They almost all get worse aside from your kart race. Racers. Pretty much, yeah. Like, the, the kart racers managed to hack it for whatever reason, yeah. but anytime you're trying like more of a straight racer or like even an arcade racer like this, it kind of falls apart. Like the controls get very wonky. The, the camera frame rate starts slows going nuts. down. Yeah, the the fog is bad, but I think the fog might have been built in intentionally for like the San Francisco thing. I might be being overly charitable well, with that. Yeah, it's because you you're losing half of the screen on the vertical camera. So we got into this area where you're climbing up a hill because there's many hills in this game, and the camera was essentially below the car. Yeah, and you couldn't see any. You couldn't see the road at all because you only had half of the screen, and the camera was pointing almost straight up. Right, you're just baffled, and your only solution was to press top C. <laughs> yeah, top yeah, C to the just rescue. going back to top C <laughs> yeah. races. And like, I think you could have a lot of fun, like just playing two player and just doing leapfrog races the entire time and just see how far you can go. But or just, or I think even a race where you could just kind of drive around and mess around and do whatever you want. But I think that it also has that, uh, checkpoint mechanic. Yeah. 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 And in the races here, feel very long like a race is gonna like the laps are pretty long you only do two or three laps maybe but each lap is two minutes long at least so you're five six minute races yeah 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 it's kind of yeah like this game is just i think in a hard spot like i i get why people have nostalgia for this game and it is a very 90s feeling thing yeah but i think after playing so many games that feel like this be it like roadsters um, California Speed, 
just like the cruising games. Yeah. There's so many that have this same kind of feel that this one kind of gets lo- lost in that. Like, yeah, th- th- I think this is the one that is the most successful out of all of the ones, at least that I named. Yeah. But, yeah, and so I get why, like, people kind of have nostalgia for it. But when you play them all together, it really just kind of blends into the soup. It does a little bit. It, it, it's it's a bit of a mess, but it's a cheerful mess. Yeah, you know? that's like, a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate San Francisco. No. Rush. I, I think, uh, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I think they get steadily better from here. Yep. Well, let's talk about that next one. Sure. Uh, Rush 2, colon, Extreme Racing USA. This was released November 10th, 1998, developed by GT and published by Midway, and this is an N64 exclusive. So no arcade cabinet for this version. Uh, Very very surprising, yeah. Yeah, this one was built exclusively for the N64. Uh, So one interesting thing I noted about this is that this might be, and I want people to write in if they can think of an (laughs) earlier example, this might be the earliest Mountain Dew video game sponsorship. If you're an old hillbilly... Yeah. <laughs> Drank Mountain Dew. It's if you're moonshining out there in the mountains of Tennessee yeah. and you somehow make something green, go sell it. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So I, I can't think of an earlier one. I know there were, you know, you mentioned the cool spot games for seven yeah, up. There was a Pepsi game, there was probably a Coca-Cola game. And they game feel like point. that is sort of a significant thing in the sense that like Mountain Dew is now the the quote unquote gamer drink. Like it is the yeah. soda that I most closely associate like with video games, even though I refuse to drink it yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah 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 no it's true i think uh that I, I don't know if there is like a breaking point where you outgrow mountain dew but i think i i hit that a while ago yeah. it's uh, it, the, the the you could make a graph of distance from pizza versus willingness to drink mountain dew maybe and, it's just as i shifted more to coffee like you mm. know and i grew more embittered in my tastes and in my soul sure you know? like i just didn't want to drink mountain dew as much anymore yeah yeah uh, but it, it is noteworthy. Yeah, they are the gamer juice. They are they are the the green shit you put in your veins while you <laughs> press buttons. And not necessarily green. They make all those other color Mountain Dew, which I'm is very disturbing in many of its colors. Code but red. it makes Aha me Aha blast. Uh, there was one that looked a bit like a semen sample. Though I'm actually uh, much more willing to drink those. Anything that is an unnatural like of color that food shouldn't be, I'm interested. <laughs> like. <laughs> Mountain Dew Brown with chunks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get in there. All right. It's I'll basically just stew. I'll try it. <laughs> you got me. Do the stew. You do the stew. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the big difference here, and I think you can, you, again, you they've, can. They've traced a pattern. You know, much in the same way the Cruising series set a precedent. Exactly. Like, you go, yeah, that worked pretty well. You go local, then you go bigger, and then you go goofy. Yeah. That's the trilogy. <laughs> so, like, Cruising started, like, USA, then uh, World, then Exotica. You start this with going... your Mad Max and his family getting killed. Mm-hmm. You move to the Road Warrior, the community's beyond, and then you go goofy with Tina Turner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that's actually a really good comparison. That This trilogy lines up directly with the Mad Max original trilogy. Uh, uh, and then I guess L.A. Rush must be Ma- uh, Fury Road. So we're missing yeah. out on that. Oh, man, yeah. Apparently. It's, it's really good. Uh, but, yeah, the big difference is that we are going bigger. We are out of San Francisco, and we are seeing the world in terms the world of, the, of USA. the USA. And there's five cities, I think, five <laughs> yeah. or six cities. Not a lot. Um, what do we got? We got New York, Uptown, Downtown. Two tracks to New York. That yeah. feels like a bit of a cop-out. I'm, sure. not, I'm not bagging on New York. I love New York. <laughs> but, like, if we're going to go the entire U.S., we miss pretty much all the flyover states. There's like <laughs> yeah, you know, where, where's our Nebraska? Yeah, where, Omaha. Where, track. Where's Omaha Furious? Like Omaha Drift. Sure. Like I, I want to play that. Like 
Yeah, but we have Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Hawaii. Hawaii is one of them. Seattle. Seattle's there. And I'm imagining uh, L.A. is one of them. I just yeah, I think L.A. was one. I think Florida was one. Okay. And yeah, and then just two New Yorks. Yeah, like, nothing in like the. Uh, I guess maybe they they were trying to like. I mean, I would say like this is more of just the urban. You're going through cities to. Uh, Cruisins, like you're going through the countryside and seeing the sort of natural landmarks. Yeah, because I think cruising world, like I think there's like a Mount, a D- Dakota level somewhere where you see Mount Rushmore, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, so they they've added kind of the ability, like your cars have stats this time around, and yeah. they all control very differently. I didn't pay attention to that when I first started the game. Pick the one, the mobster car. I with picked the, the mobster control. car. Yeah, yeah. Then you you, you were just you were just dropping back. corpses out of the back of the car. As I was you went like, by. "What is happening? Why can I not drive this car?" Yeah. Like anytime you take a turn, like you're just spinning out like crazy. Uh, I'm still kind of wondering why they would put such a broken car <laughs> yeah. in the game as an option. Yeah, but it does uh, provide a nice contrast to the other cars that work. Yeah, that control functionally. So yeah, playing it is much more enjoyable if you're not playing with that car. You do need to pay attention to your stats this time. I will say, impressive uh, that they all the cars do feel like they handle differently. Like yeah. I think you can build proficiency with the car of your choice, uh, just based on the way they handle. And this game, I mean, is a significant jump in uh, graphics. I yeah. think that. Like the Las Vegas level looked very nice. It there did. was a lot of sort of neon lights and things shining in the background, which is totally what you want. Lots and lots of ads. We saw lots of ads for pretty much every Midway game we played yeah. on this show. A lot of ads for Rush Two in this game. There's which ads felt for the game you're playing. You're like, you already got me Midway. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what you're trying to sell me on. Exactly. Yeah. Why you want me to buy another one? I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I did think I think I did buy this game twice because one copy did not work, no. but I knew that a long time ago. Sure. I, I didn't. I didn't wait until we played the game. Um, but yeah, uh, the other big addition here is a stunt mode, and uh, I think we had some we had some opinions on stunt mode. <laughs> the a opinion bit. is that it's broken and doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> like. It doesn't work. All right. So I feel like the appeal of stunt mode. We played Stunt Racer not too long ago, which like Let, was a better variation on this. Well, let's take another moment. Yeah. It's crazy, aside from the sheer quantity of racing games that we've played, it's crazy how many car racing games we've played that include a stunt mode. Yeah. Which, people driving cars in the air and doing backflips is not a thing that exists. And I feel like we've played at least five or six games that have that as a mechanic. Yeah, we really were trying to make that a thing. I mean, maybe it was just because Tony Hawk was so ubiquitous and those games were so successful. They're like, we need to put a stunt mode in here. But it's... It's very, very rarely worked, and it continues that trend of not working here. And like, uh, you think about like what the appeal of doing stunts as Tony Hawk is that you have like dozens of little points of articulation, and right. you can bend and move. And you a have car super has precise zero con- points of articulation. Yeah, you have totally precise control over what move you want to do and how long it will all take, and much better control of your momentum. Yeah, it's like Tony Hawk's Extreme Brick. You yeah, know? it's like why, exactly. what are you what are you gonna do with this? <laughs> yeah, then that's kind of what the the rush to stunt mode feels like they put you in a big disorienting looking futuristic arena with a bunch of brightly we, we colored both immediately drove forward to these brightly colored pylons they looked assuming like ramps. that they would be ramps and then we both immediately blew up when we <laughs> ran into them and we're like was that a stunt that's, that's a stunt both <laughs> our drivers are dead <laughs> our stunt is that uh, his, his my our driver's impressive stunt is that he can't tell the difference between a ramp and a pylon <laughs> yeah exactly like, congratulations <laughs> uh, thanks evil, uh, evil so yeah so eventually we actually found some ramps but basically you just kind of drive up and your momentum 
flips you in some direction and you just yeah. hope that you land. Yeah. And then the it gives you points. But we never quite figured out why it gives you points. There were plenty of times I got huge air and got zero points. But you can't and, really like steer yourself in no. midair very well. Like if only just... there was some kind of mechanic that helped you steer yourself in midair. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll have to look to the future yeah. for something Who like knows? that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This was kind of a weird bummer of a of a mode. Like, as as stupid as car stunt modes sound, I do always kind of look forward to the idea of getting to throw your car in the air yeah. and like potentially cause a lot of devastation. But you just never have the proper amount of control to to bring it in. Um, I don't know. I don't have too much else to say well, about Rush. It's kind of I, the same game. It's just... I would say it is a noticeable a improvement. Game. Yeah, it is yeah. a better game. It looks better. Even the, the two-player runs better. I yeah. like... You know, it was cool. Like, the San Francisco tracks were pretty well thought out, but it's nice to have a little more variety in the locations. And there was also a crash mode. or Yeah, it was just called Crash, which we didn't really crack the code on. It seemed I, like... If, if from what I understand, I think it's kind of like an entire it's like a it's like a race sequence based off of the one in Greece where you're trying to bump the other one into like a pillar or like into into a, a doorway or something. So that they crash and you take a head like it's not just enough to win. Everyone else. Oh, has OK. Lose. Wait, hold on. Are you talking about based on the one in Greece, the movie? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant that there was some kind of long death race that has been going on in the country of Greece for this long time. And I'm like, why don't know I about know that? about this? You didn't watch Yorgos Lanthimos's movie about it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like to take every opportunity to say the name Yorgos Lanthimos. It, it is a great name. It's a great name. It's uh, just, it trips off the Yeah, top. it was one of the earliest Olympic events was these <laughs> guys race. driving very... Uh, primordial cars just like <laughs> off into the the parthenon and stuff extreme chariot yeah, yeah. that's a greek accent apparently yeah, i, I wasn't even going to attempt it that was like russian or something. Yeah. i don't know uh yeah yeah it's yeah it, the crash mode i i didn't really crack it either but like i don't know it, it doesn't sound all that fun i will say this game probably felt the closest to uh a burn a burnout game um over any of these that we've played because yeah. of sort of the uh sort of waterside environments uh your car retains damage the more wide open courses yeah the car retains damage and having that sort of crash and stunt mode here but um, this one not I, that you would ever play it over a burnout game i felt like this was the explodiest of the three games i feel like you yeah. explode at the drop of a hat <laughs> in this one uh like literally, literally our driver dropped his hat and the car exploded and just blew up yeah. yeah yeah i don't know why he loaded his hat with bombs but like yeah it it's 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 good. I mean, it's not yeah. a bad game. It's fun. No. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's got its messy little flaws, but like it is a nice refinement of uh, of San Francisco Rush, yep. I think. Uh, but let's go to the 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 piece de resistance. San Francisco Rush 2049, released September 7th, 20, 2000. 2049. So 49 <laughs> was... years early. Thank you. Yeah. Um, developed and published by Midway. And no, this, this was... game was actually released in 2049, and then they sent it back in time. Oh. That was, okay. they, they could decide on one. The time machine they invented could only hold one piece of matter, and so they decided <laughs> to send this game back because it was most representative of what life was like in 2049. Now, do you think the graphics graphics were much better in 2049 and they just degraded no. to kind of keep up with with modern times or no like, that there this was is what they were going the, back the emp to went off in 2048 and they had to build from there <laughs> start again they're in the heyday of the second n64 it was like revolution. mr burns a post-electric play where they're just sort of describing their vague memories of what a nintendo 64 game was <laughs> and trying to rebuild it yeah yeah pretty much 
Uh, so this was also released on Dreamcast, Windows, Game Boy Color, Xbox, GameCube, PS2, and arcades. Again, oh, no shortage. I know of what we're playing on this. Game Boy Color next. Oh yeah, actually, it's like a top-down racer. It looks kind of fun. I don't know. Uh, so this is notable as the last game Atari ever produced for arcades. Oh. Uh, they got out of the arcade producing business after this because they perfected it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just moved strictly over to consoles from there. As with the first arcade release, there were multiple updated releases that came out, like Tournament Edition and Special Edition. And these home ports kind of combine elements of all three. So mm. it's not a straight arcade port. It just kind of blends a couple of different ones. Um, the N64 and Dreamcast versions both include ads for Slim Jims and Dickie's brand work pants, which a strange sponsors for a racing game sure. <laughs> and B apparently these are two brands that are going to be very big, like 29 years from now. Like I do not associate Dickie's with racing now, but maybe there's like a, a horseback element I mean, to it in the future. I don't yeah, know. Another, Another dark vision of the future. Not not only have Slim Jims maintained their popularity, they are now the exclusive diet of ever. Just all food is Slim Jim based. I feel like the, the we would have no ozone layer left yeah. anymore. I feel like the methane we produce from the all Slim Jim diet would doom us all. <laughs> That's a bad way to go. That's a, it's not a good way to go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the the cool new twist on twenty forty nine, obviously, besides going into the future. Mm -hmm is that you now have futuristic vehicles with cool little features like wings. Yeah. Uh, now when you hit those big old hills and big old ramps, which are still very much a part of future San Francisco, you can hit the Z button to deploy a set of jet-powered wings to help guide your landing or pull off some stunts or different things like that. Uh, so yeah. it's worth, I think it's worth describing like the way these actually control because it feels in theory initially like, uh, the parachutes that you get in the newer Mario Kart games. Like when you go off a big jump and right. the parachutes deploy, but there you're basically controlling whether you go left, right, all of this. You have very, you know, precise control of where you want to drive in the air. Yeah. Here the wings basically just control the speed of your fall mm -hmm. and kind of your turn, and you can sort of uh, straighten up and down a little bit. Um, so it took me a while to sort of get a feeling of what these actually did. There was a while where I'm like, I don't think the wings even do anything, but you proved me wrong, mm. um, as is often the way. Um, and yeah, that is rarely the way. <laughs> I, I so rarely, you can't, you don't get to glaze that over. I, I have my few moments in the sun where I'm right about something on this show. Sure. I need to bask in this. <laughs> uh, but I really, I did like, I mean, these wings are great. Like, let's, yeah. let's, oh, yeah. there's no, there's no so, other way to put this. So like, satisfying to just pop those wings. It's like, you feel like your own personal Buzz Lightyear every time. It's like, it's weird that, I mean, this game is obviously set in the future, which yeah. is a cool gimmick in of itself. But what we were discussing when we were playing Rush 2 is like, you're like, well, I would rather play this kind of more arcadey thing most of the time. And I was like, you know, I agree, except this isn't quite arcadey enough. Like, it needed yeah. a, something a little more. And then when you crank into the future with 2049, I feel like they nailed it. They're like, yeah. you need, they're like, what do we need to send this game over the top? And it's like, oh, you just need wing. Like, it's just a small addition that really makes the game feel unique. Mm -hmm. It feels really cool. Yeah. And it looks really cool. It looks cool. Yeah, like, that was the first thing we noticed. It's like, I mean, I feel like some of the environments are kind of like... I think the best way to put it is like streaky. Like yeah. I think they have a lot of like speed lines on them and everything that just makes them look a little odd. Yeah. Uh, and I started on the hardest level when I was playing right. my first time, which I don't recommend doing because it's very labyrinthine. You know, I mm -hmm. think when you're starting off, you just want kind of the hills and the loop and something yeah. like that. 
Uh, but you do have more tracks to go back. But it, to. like, it looks very cool. Like, it just looks like this fun vision of the when I went when I wanted something. If I'm reaching to play something with 2049 in its title, this is what I want it to look like. Yeah, of like sort of these dark neon colors and like there's the first car you picked just had a rocket strapped to the back. Yeah, which is funny because only one car has a rocket strapped to the back. The yeah. other ones don't, and it is no faster than all of the it other cars. Not. No, no, like, that I think they just don't. I think they just have that instead of an engine or yeah, something. Like I don't know. But um, like, yeah, yeah. They, but there are still like old, uh, like ragtop cars mm-hmm. and like like old fifties vehicles that have been retrofit with jets and wings. Like, so it's got a little bit of kind of retro future vibe yeah. while also still future future. Uh, it, it is much more well thought out than the stunt racer games. Oh yeah, like yeah. Stunt racer future. just kind of looked like a bunch of shit floating in the air. Yeah, and didn't really make sense. This looks like it's a realized world, and mm-hmm. that they put a little bit of uh, thought and energy into it. And, uh, and much like much like the other games, they really have a lot of places to explore. I guess, I mean, we didn't talk about it a lot in Rush 2, but it had continued the theme of the first Rush of, like, there is a lot of places oh, amp- to explore. amplified it. Yeah, yeah there's a like, ton we, we of places We were driving down that. inside of the subway, and then immediately were hit by a train. And it's like, how do you avoid that train when you're right. driving on the subway track? And this but, one does a better job of indicating, like, you the, the secret areas are kind of roped off mm-hmm. in some areas have, with, like, like neon, uh, neon cones. cones. Yeah. Which makes it, I don't know. They, they're much easier to see. They're much easier and to see, gotten, which I appreciate in this. Like, usually I would want to find it on my own, but mm-hmm. these visuals can be a little muddy yeah. when you're going fast. So, yeah, it's nice to have something clear. And they've to, gotten uh, rid of the delineate. checkpoint mechanic, which very yes. bizarrely in Rush 2 was still there, even though it was not an arcade game. Right, yeah, that was a very odd choice, and I'm glad they took it out of this one because... You actually even get rewarded for seeking yeah, out these both, little secrets. Like, there's these silver and gold little tokens. I think there's yeah. eight of each on each level. And by driving into the secrets, you get these tokens. Which unlock more vehicles down the is line. Is that yeah. what they do? Yeah, they unlock vehicles okay. and tracks. Yeah, so there, there are only four default tracks to start with. I think there are like eight in total, okay. six or eight. Uh, so still not a lot, but yeah, you, there's only so many you need in a game like this. Right, it, with how expansive the levels are and how many secrets there are i yeah. feel like i'm ha- perfectly happy with. i eight. will say the cars generally in all three of these haven't super stood out like any there's no like one particular design did i mention that one of the cars has a rocket on it well, well that's what i mean I, I was gonna say until okay. this third one when oh, they, sure. they are much more distinct but like that, that's that's the thing that this game has is like much more memorable uh i i think i'm just gonna remember that little corvette with the wings popping out you yeah know? it's that's a pretty distinct image for this game. I mean, game. considering that we've played 53 games, 53 racing games for this yeah. system, to ha- to get to this last one and have an image that you're like, oh, no other game did that. Yeah. Is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's a, it's, it's a surprising find. I think I might have played a little bit of this on the Dreamcast. Like, I had those mm-hmm. demo discs that came with oh, Dreamcast yeah, sure. Magazine or something. This seems like, like it would play very well on the Dreamcast. From what like I understand, cool, like, cool uh, uh, reading reviews, people are saying that that's kind of the best way to play this uh which i might seek out a copy yeah of just because actually. like n64 just has always suffered from being muddy yeah and when you're playing sort of this dark cityscape at night the muddiness really stands out yeah um it looked a lot better when we sort of toned it back and went um into the first level which is bright sort of bridge side doesn't look a ton different than the earlier rush games but has enough touches there to make it stand out yeah and it's just much easier to see what is going on for sure um in much like the other games uh you have a four-player mode this game had a few other modes that um actually both 
stood out as pretty neat. Um, the, the the stunt mode makes a return um, mm-hmm. from Rush Two, and we did we did not like it in Rush Two. If you rewind the podcast, uh, fifteen that, minutes, rewind it back. Yeah, you'll remember <laughs> we did not like the stunt mode in there, but um, here it was actually pretty fun. Like it was. You set it to five minutes, and you're like, we don't need to play the full five minutes. And then <laughs> we did, yeah, because we're just like, all right, no, no, oh, we're running out of time. I want to try and land this one more. And it, it's weird because it's basically the same. It's a very similar mode to Rush 2, but mm-hmm. the the ramps all look like ramps. They throw you in a much more intuitive way. <laughs> right. Um, and just having those wings and getting that ability to kind of tinker a little bit with the speed of your rotation is very satisfying. Your car just floats in a very, I mean, a very unrealistic way. Yeah. But if you're like, okay, I'm not quite there, and then you ex- deploy those wings right at the last minute and straighten out, and you did that at the end, and they give you bonus points for a last-second deploy. It's like, it's it's incredibly satisfying. And it. I will reiterate that this still feels like a little bit of a mess. It's still like a little bit of a loosey-goosey sloppy yeah. game. Uh, even having the wings, like you only have so much control. So there is an element of like, all right, I'm just going to try this and let's see if I can pull it off yeah. in the end, you know, and, and 90% of the time you're just going to blow up. Sure. But like those, those, that 10% where you land a really crazy trick, it's incredibly satisfying. And it, also they have fixed that uh, top C mechanic, which yeah. um, rather than sort of leapfrogging you forward and skipping obstacles in the track you basically just it immediately resets you back on the track kind of where but you no were. farther forward right yeah um, yeah so yeah that, that they fix that mechanic yeah yeah so you can't just leapfrog the entire game anymore uh there was also a battle mode which mm-hmm. i found surprising like and and it's not just like a kind of a casual tossed off battle mode no. this is you get to equip your car with big ass machine guns yeah. and chase each other around like the the drifting mechanic and like the the quick turns feel much much tighter and more responsive yep. like they tweaked them so that you could navigate these like nonlinear arenas a little bit. Yep. Like I, I'm not generally a proponent of battle modes in car games, but I really liked this yeah, one. Yeah, it played it played very nicely, and I it does make it did make me a little bummed that like for as well fleshed out as the battle mode and the weapons were here, that it there was not a mode in like the racing where you could just sort of turn on turn on weapons or have um, some other aspect there. Cause it seemed like it'd be a lot of fun to just blast people with that minigun. Oh, definitely. Um, in, in the race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think it would suit the tenor of the game too. Like yeah. it's, it's, you might as well just kind of go all out. Yeah. It is weird that they kind of segregated those into two different modes, but they both work. Like yeah. they both, both these modes work separately. There's, there's uh, four, well I think together. there's four different, much like Mario Kart, there's four different courses you can play the battle on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just like, these are, sort of throwaway modes but they both are fun yeah and they're both like if you were to pop this game in and run a few races then you would be happy to mix it up with these other modes definitely um, a little bit which is cool and i i will say like in the racing the racing mode again it still doesn't feel great in two-player like yeah there's that same noticeable drop in visual quality frame rate that just makes it a lot less fun I think that I noticed it more here because the single player game felt so much better than the other ones that it felt like a bigger drop off. Yeah. But I don't think it's any worse than the two player. Than no, those other ones were. no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, they, they kind of uh, uh, take up more of the screen kind of the way they did with Quake where uh, it runs at a slightly better resolution because, but it, it, it's also a little smaller, you know, yeah. so that's, that's a takeaway, but I didn't mind that takeaway so much because it meant the game played a little better. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, San Francisco Rush 2049. Uh, I, I'm going to say it again because I'm a hack and I have no new ideas. 
this is the San Francisco treat, I think. Sure. I think this is the one. I think well, you that, didn't say yeah. it on the podcast. No, you just, no. You said I just it on say your Twitter. It, so I say if you it guys want my daily life, yeah, too. If you guys you know? want a preview of jokes that Steve will make on the podcast, you can follow him on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Ultra yeah, 64. yeah. <laughs> Which we were also having the conversation. I don't think I've actually eaten rice roni, and I think I want to fix that now. Yeah. And I also kind of want some hamburger helper just because we're talking about prepackaged <laughs> meal foods. That's, so That's our New Year's Eve plan is we just dump all of these boxed foods. Just eat into, more shit. And yeah. then put mega warheads in there. Yeah. That's the, that's the trend I'm on. <laughs> You're just all about the warheads yeah. right now. Uh, do we have anything else to say about our very final uh, uh, racing games here? Oh, no, it's, it's it's a sobering moment. It is, it is. I think we are finally going to add these three games to our list. After today, after we add these three, there are only two games left. Wow. See if you can figure out at home which ones we haven't played yet. <laughs> Hint, I'm going to give you one of them at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, why don't you start us off? Where are you ranking Sh- these games? Sure. Um, so Rush um, Extreme Racing and Rush 2, I feel very similar in terms of quality. I do think Rush 2 is a superior game. Yeah. But um, not by any meaningful metric. Um, I'm putting them both. I'm putting it at number one. 36 for Rush and 135 for Rush 2, which is right under 1080 Extreme Snowboarding. Okay. Um, which is a much more polished game, but for whatever reason, I just didn't have a great time with it. Yeah. Um, Rush 2049 is really neat. Um, I har- I heartily endorse that event or product. Um, <laughs> I'm putting it at number t- 66. Nice. Uh, which is right a- uh, ahead of the Toy Story 2 game. I sometimes like to, just for my own knowledge place things together that have uh recurring themes and that game extendable wings, the extendable wings. Yeah, that's a yeah. little extendable wing corner i like that so. i like that little corner there yeah. uh yeah I, I felt similarly um i think rush is the weakest of the three but like i said it, it's it's messy but it's still charming and it's it's got it's got some things to recommend with it so i'm putting that number 118 that's going to be underneath a bug's life and right above uh ready to rumble uh, so number rush two Steve's biggest mistake on the podcast ready to rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna fight you on that in real life. Uh, so ready to uh, rush two. I had at number one oh two. That's just underneath the NFL Blitz games and just above NBA Live. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know. I stand by that. I sure. don't think I need to explain that too. No, much. I won't call you out. Uh, and rush twenty forty nine is gonna go at number eighty eight for me. Uh, that's right underneath Mario Golf and right above Pokemon Stadium. Okay. Uh, I think this was this was a little treat. This was a surprising little fun game to find at the last uh, at that kind of the zero hour of the N sixty four catalog. We found a car game with wings uh, yeah which is all i kind of wanted for a while like i think i've mentioned it on the show like i want to be able to like fly and do goofy shit with these cars as much as possible i do not want to feel like i'm driving a real car boring snooze you can always play mrc or as i called it earlier mrg (laughs) mrg uh my racing guntley my racing game (laughs) there we go my racing games there it is (laughs) Uh, we have two letters this week. Let's jump into these. The first one says, hey, Steve, Woody, and guests with seven question marks. <laughs> nice. Uh, I really the, 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 Your question marks can be the guest. <laughs> I really liked your look into Legend of Zelda mods on your recent Patreon oh, episode. Insert you. plug for Patreon here. That would be patreon.com slash ultra64pod. Thanks we, for prompting us, letter writer. I, we forget. Yeah, we forget a lot. <laughs> Uh, the episode reminded me of a recent twist on Ocarina of Time that I saw and watched a playthrough of called a randomizer. In the randomizer, every item in the game is shuffled around, so your path through the game is completely different based on the order in which you find them. 
The game maintains its own internal logic, meaning that the boss key for a dungeon isn't stored within the boss of that dungeon or anything like that. But you never know where anything will be. The biggest challenge here is finding all the little book or all the uh, nooks. I assume that was supposed to be instead of books. <laughs> all the little nooks and crannies in the game. You never know if a random gold skulltula will hold its no, It's the name token. of my new independent bookstore. Yeah. It's Books and Crannies. <laughs> That's really good, actually. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> we serve English muffins. <laughs> and uh, cranberries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you never know if a random gold skulltula will hold its usual token or if it will hold the bow and arrow. Maybe this business huh. scrub is trying to sell you light arrows for seven rupees. Who knows? The randomizer requires you to have a really strong knowledge of where things are in the game, even things that are normally not important at all. If you want a really unique way to play Ocarina of Time, you should check it out. What are some other games that you would like to take on with a randomizer? Thanks for all your excellent coverage of the Nintendo 64 catalog, and I'm excited for Wii Universe, and that is from Elliot. Thank Thanks, you, Elliot. Elliot. Uh, yeah, that, we've kind of, we touched on random, or you touched on random. Well, and, Andy, Andy brought him up when we did the Mission Impossible episode, so that's, that's actually kind of timely in terms of, he realized that it was more fun to play Ocarina of Time than Mission <laughs> Impossible. Yeah, I'm glad we, I'm glad he came around on <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, um, and so that did come up, but I've never actually played one, but based on that description, it does sound pretty neat. I like that idea uh, of just randomly finding the bow and arrow. I mean, it could also be super frustrating, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of like a, ro- I mean, it's, it's the, the joy of a roguelike, you know, you just sort of keep trying and seeing what, what the role gives you next. Yeah. Uh, what, what other games, like, I feel like you would need to be in so deep for a game. Yeah. To really be excited about a randomizer. And I feel like to, yeah. most of the games that usually I go back to again and again are not the kind that would really benefit from that style because they're not like because the level design is very intentional yeah they're very like you know like your contra platformers or something like that like you're you can't really randomize that right yeah yeah I'm trying to think of one that I would I, I don't know that I would like to play randomizer too much just because like I don't know that they just throws my brain into chaos. I'm just like, I don't know, but it's, it's the same reason I'm not very good at roguelikes. It's just because like, I need to feel like I'm, there's some sort of consistent forward momentum. Yeah. And it's also kind of side note why I've been really, really liking Hades lately because Mm -hmm. like they balance that so well that like, even if you are just grinding the same couple levels over, you are getting stronger and you are getting better weapons and you're learning and you're growing. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I might have trouble with that. I think I would want kind of like an older like NES or Super NES era game, like maybe like a, like a uh, Dragon Warrior, like a randomized like uh, uh, Yoshi's Island or something like that, like where you okay. have that same palette and color style, but just like goes in some kind of wild level configurations. Sure, um, sure. I don't know. I think that. I think that. I don't know. That could be. Are fun. there? Uh, um, this is just. This is just a question for Elliot. I know yeah. he can't respond right now. Yeah, Technology now. hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> um, but uh, phones. Are there? Are there other? No, I mean like his ability <laughs> to listen while we're recording in the past. I was like, um, oh, I thought you meant the ability to talk to somebody from a distance. Wait, what is that thing you're holding? <laughs> oh, like, I don't know. It's just a brick I found. Yeah, um, Hawks Pro brick. Are there more random? Like, are there more randomized games? I know that like Ocarina of time has obviously struck people's imaginations more than most other games but i would be really curious what other randomizers are out there yeah i'd be uh, curious to know yeah i, I it's, it's a world i don't know much about them. yeah uh but thank you for the letter i want I'm, I'm curious about this now 
Uh, we have one other letter here. It says, hi, Steve and Woody. Hello. Hello. I am super excited for your new podcast to start, and I had a couple questions I wanted to <laughs> I'm ask. done with this N64 crap. <laughs> Trust me, we are too, listener. Uh, do you know what you are starting with for the Wii U, or will it be random? Also, I've really been wondering if you will do, uh, what, what you will do about games that have been ported to the Switch. Will that be an extra bit like you did with the Game Boy port, where you talk about what is added in a special episode? Mm. Anyway, really looking forward episode. to hearing uh, your new stuff and looking forward to your last N64 episode. Will it be <laughs> Perfect Dark? Thanks for being awesome. And that's from Peter. Thanks, Peter. Uh, so, yeah, we um, we were kind of... The, the idea I had... I don't know if I even ran this by no, you No, no, we're like, flying by the seat here. The idea I had to start the Wii U show with was like... So the, with the N64, when we started with the most random game we could think of because we had other business to cover. Yeah. And this one, I was thinking of starting with Nintendo Land because that's a game that was built specifically to show you how to work the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, so it felt like a All place right, that you've made convinced sense. Me. We're starting with Nintendo Land. It's happening now, people. We're starting yeah. for, Okay, there we go. Yeah. We might start with Nintendo Land and then we're going to uh, randomize the hell out of it from there and find some weird ways to uh, to approach Make the catalog Make that more interesting, that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You're right. That is... It, it, that is a, much the same way as Wii Sports was basically dictated what the Wii was. Well, and uh, the the N sixty four, you didn't need to have it explained to you quite as much as the right. Wii U. I think the Wii U's got some. And uh, we, we didn't want to blow our load right away with uh, Mario sixty four. No, like, it's no, all exactly. downhill from there. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you had to save that. Um, Whereas I hope there's some better. I hope Nintendo Land is not the best game on the system. No, I hope like, not. God, yeah, that'd be bad. Uh, like as far as the Switch episode, I don't think that we need to do a whole dedicated switch episode because the hardware really isn't that different yeah. between the wii u and the switch like you're not going to see a huge graphical leap what you'll get is usually some bonus levels and maybe some polished graphics or some online functionality uh, i, I mean your main the main thing is that it's now a game release for a console that you own as that's opposed the thing, to the wii like, u which you don't own that that's kind of what i was thinking the value of those switch games is going to be is for for guests who maybe want to come talk about a game but yeah. don't have a wii u and want to talk about one of the usually switch those games. bigger games they might be more excited to i, talk I about don't think this. there are any of like the really big triple a wii u games that haven't been ported well, it's over at this mario point. 3d world but that that's it is yeah. going to be ported i think it was announced a while ago oh yeah no doubt so. it will be yeah yeah i mean i think know. it even has a release date still. oh okay yeah. oh well then yeah, yeah yeah perfect yeah um yeah so I, I i don't think there's any reason to do anything too right. special with that um but yeah well thank you for the letter and uh as, as to answer your question about what the last episode of n64 will be it's not going to be perfect dark because we're talking about that next week whoa that's right that's right our last like super huge game of the system is going to be perfect dark and well, i'm curious not, if anyone not counting can... the last game that we played oh the last the game super is hugest be... game ever oh absolutely yeah. i'm curious if anyone is going to guess what the last game is yeah write in on like... our perfect dark episode send it a three by five card yeah. uh with, with uh your last game guess on there um yeah so next week we're talking about perfect dark i'm excited this is actually a game i have not spent a lot of time with um mm. I've, I played a little bit, but yeah, it's definitely, it was, we were a golden eye household. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're, I'm looking forward to that, but I mean, know. and then you probably move like, this is like, this is going to be at the time you're competing with like uh quake arena. Sure. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. a little tougher sell on perfect dark. Right. But. Yeah, that's true. These would have been coming out about the same time. Interesting. We will dig into all that and we'll see how Joanna holds up after 20 years. Uh, <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening uh, and welcome to 2021. Hopefully it's less of a hellscape than yeah. it was uh, just a week ago. Sure. Uh, I, I and, gotta say, man, mm. just December in general, at least I know everyone's, everyone has different lives. I'm not, but like, December has felt 
much better already to it's, me. It's been we, feeling we, good. We, yeah, I know the holidays have been a struggle in their own way, but we got a vaccine uh, out there. I feel there. like there's hope on the horizon. Yeah, my wife's gotten the vaccine. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, she's, she's on brag. her way. Well, half the vaccine. Yeah, sure. you know, they the good half. The good <laughs> half. Yeah, yeah. The next one kills half of all people. Uh, we haven't like confirmed you flip that a coin yet. and they tell you which half you get. <laughs> yeah. So, oh God, I, I'm very Harvey Dent style of uh, distribution. <laughs> All right, everyone. Sorry to rush out of here, but uh, yeah, we got to go. So we'll see you next week for Perfect Dark Night, everybody. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill. It calls to me To be where little cable cars Climb halfway to the stars The morning fire